Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters on The Money Show. So here goes Shapeshifters, plural. So we've got two for you this evening. We've got Pindi Kema, um, who is most famous for being South Africa's first and successful uh, horse breeder, racehorse breeder. So successful even that the Oppenheimers have bought a horse from her. Um, and I wonder if it's one of new races, but we'll talk to her about that. But also expanding an Eastern Cape business empire across Citrus, across all sorts of other things as well. I'm looking forward to finding out how it started and where it is now. And then later on, a guy who's made it his mission to make the Hells Angels all around the world look good in his snazzy uh, motorbike clothing. You would have heard Pablo Fatidis talking about one of his clients, uh, one of his business incubator clients, who's done precisely that, taken the South African context and designed bi- cool biking gear, if you like that kind of thing, uh, for a global environment. But Pindi Kemo is first. Um, you, you're best known as a stud farmer, a, a, a horse farmer, a horse breeder. Well, it's very difficult to put a name to it because <laughs> that's just how it started. But uh, when did it start? Uh, it started in uh, um, 2006 okay. when I moved to the Eastern Cape and started, uh, you know, farming with citrus. And uh, then I then decided to move into something else. And mainly, the whole objective was to. Um, you know, diversify the farm. So I just decided, okay, this is, uh, you know, the best thing to go- to do. In fact, I was introduced by someone who was a breeder who happened to be my neighbor. And uh, I fell in love with it. I understood nothing about the intricacies of the business and let alone um, the fact that I've never had um, a relationship with a horse. So, no, but you're not, you're not unfamiliar with farming. I mean, you grew up in the rural area around Kofimbaba. Um, your parents worked on farms um, when, when, when you were growing up? Actually, yes. My parents, mom and dad, they owned a farm. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were farm laborers. And I think the family, you know, took it a little bit further. But I decided I'm not going to farm with pigs uh, when I started uh, thinking about uh, farming. And uh, and that's the reason I started off with uh, citrus, but then, you know, evolved into, um, you know, the thoroughbred uh, industry. But you started farming at what, age 30-something? Uh, I was uh, 34 at okay. the time, yes. Uh, and what had you been doing up until then? You'd worked in local well, government for a bit, you'd done a couple of different things? Uh, well, uh, no, I have actually worked in uh, the public sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, then from the public sector, I moved to the private sector. And my last position uh, was with a JSC-listed company, an IT company, and uh, and uh, until I sat on the board as a non-executive director. Um, then I had a, a two-year period of uh, figuring out what I wanted to do with my life and the skills that I had um, acquired. And, uh, you know, I decided to do something totally different and, uh, you know, uh, got involved in the wine, uh, you know, industry. And then that's when I started uh, getting more comfortable with the farming side of the wine industry. And uh, then I decided, you know what, you know, um, it, it makes sense to actually uh, go back home. So I packed my kids and bags, went back home in the Eastern Cape, and uh, I approached the um, uh, Rural uh, Development uh, Ministry, and uh, they used the PLUS program uh, to uh, was this put in, something was, was this before Guglien Quinti? Because, of course, he is from, yes, he's, he's from, he's from <laughs> Grahamstown. Um, yeah. uh, I, I dealt with him 20 years ago, so 25 years ago, maybe, in the early days of democracy. Yeah 
pre-democracy in Grahamstown when, uh-huh. when he was an ANC official in Grahamstown climbing up the political ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was and a, you studied in uh, Grahamstown. I did, uh-huh. absolutely. And your kids no. at school in Grahamstown, I assume? Uh, Close by? Yes, they were, but they've grown. Mm-hmm. I mean, my firstborn is now working. and uh, On the farm? She, no, not okay. on the farm. Um, uh, she, she, she's working right here in Johannesburg okay. and at the same time um, finishing off her... Um, a training to become a pilot, and uh, yeah, 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 fantastic. <laughs> but, 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 I'm not too sure. Uh, but, but this <laughs> it's is a good but, thing. But, but this is, I mean, it's about. But you follow your dream, and it goes. You go into agriculture. You go into citrus farming. Mm. You you create an export market for your citrus, um, and you also get into this horse breeding, which is an unusual occupation generally. Yes, um, it's unusual for a woman to be breeding horses, uh, racehorses too, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but I would uh, actually say um, the industry has women, uh, South African industry as well as internationally. Um, I mean, uh, in South Africa, we have uh, uh, about five uh, women and these women are actually uh, mature women and they're doing great things. And uh, so I can't really say, um, you know, the, I, I can't uh, put um, a lot of attention towards the fact that I am a woman. I'd like mm. to see myself as a South African, a as, a, huma- as a, hu- a human being, and that's it, mm. and use um, whatever I have, you know, uh, to, 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 to actually uh, compete but yeah you, you, you did sell one of your horses to Mary Slack to Nikki Oppenheimer's sister um, Midnight Runner M- yes Midnight Queen Midnight yeah. Queen I beg your pardon in, Midnight, in Queen. Fact, Midnight Queen won in, any in, races uh, yes uh, she did very well but it, it's, a, it's amazing because when I started out it, it was a wonderful thing and I was excited about it I think it's simply because I was a little naive uh, but from where I am sitting I, I, I realized that, you know, the, the, there was a little bit, you know, the attention that I got when I just started out was actually a bit deceptive mm-hmm. because it was not based on tangible things. It was not based on something I have achieved as Pindicama. Let's not forget, you acquire a farm with horses that have been bred. And all I did was to actually... Um, you know, take the horses to the sale here in Jamiston. And obviously, um, Mary um, liked Midnight Queen because she had Midnight Queen's sister. So it, it came from that. There's a, you know, it, it, it came from the fact that she had respect for mm. uh, Midnight Queen's um, breeding. And, uh, and 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 I don't really want to take a credit for it. Mm. Um, I think at the beginning, I was uh, pretty okay with that. It was very nice to hear, and it was very nice to sell a horse. But in retrospect, I realized that you know that wasn't my achievement. Yeah. Mm. Um, how has the business evolved? Because now you've moved off the farm uh, and you you live in Port Elizabeth uh, now. And yes, you're, you're doing lots I, of different I, things. I, I have, and it is all because uh, you know I realized that sitting on the farm. A farm that was acquired um, through a government pro- program, you know, it's just not sustainable. 
because it, because of the uh, PLUS program in itself, a three-year agreement, and uh, then you go back to government to actually, um, you know, buy the farm. When I wanted to buy the farm, you know, government was just not interested. So for that reason, I realized that I've put so much time, effort, you know, money, you know. And but that's, uh, de- that's deeply disappointing because here is some, somebody with capital, um, somebody who wants to, to do this job, somebody who wants to own the land, somebody yes. who wants to work the land, somebody who has learned the ropes of agriculture, yes. mm. uh, and then you get stymied by bureaucracy. You know, th- this is what is, um, you know, a big concern. It's, it's, it's because uh, you get the feeling that uh, maybe, you know, uh, for a good reason, I'm not too sure, you know, uh, agriculture, rather, the land issue is very political. Yeah. And uh, it is also important that in, within the political debate, we bring the commercial um, element to it mm. because it's pointless to actually have the land if you can't actually make use of the land. Completely. And, uh, because then it, it's got no value. It's only valuable when you are able to make use of it. So it's one of the things I learned. But I decided, look, this was a wonderful opportunity. It actually opened my eyes to a very interesting industry, industry that's not mainstream. And I think also, um, you know, I took an interest to actually pursue my horse racing interest. Then I went overseas, you know, visited uh, the Middle East and uh, got introduced to, um, you know, uh, you know, international horse racing. And, you know, when I started talking to people who knew so much about South African horse racing and I knew nothing, then I thought, Something is not right. Mm. Came back home. I started understanding. Then I thought maybe, you know, the best thing it is for me to focus more on the um, the development of the sector and finding ways of bringing more people into horse racing for the sustainability of the industry. But, but isn't the industry dying? Well, 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 uh, we can't say the industry is dying when we've made no effort to actually uh, rejuvenate the industry. Okay. Um, so, but do you see that as your mission now? You see, the thing is, you know, uh, what is actually stifling the industry, and it's it's an issue I am not just talking about, it's an issue I have tackled. Um, you know, it's the monopoly that exists within the industry. It what, is the what, monopoly. What, what monopoly is that? It is a monopoly that was created in 1997 when the Gauteng Provincial ah. Government established Pumelela Gaming and Leisure Limited. You know, and within that process, handed over the assets that belong to the people of South Africa. You know, and those um, you know uh, assets were actually controlled by the clubs. Now, here's a scenario. Where a couple of guys, you know, uh, just decide, okay, um, you know, let's convince a new government, you know, to actually hand over the assets. I mean, you know, this is, we're talking about the family silver here, you know, um, because it's going to be costly for government to maintain, run and take responsibility for this. You know, so it makes sense to actually, you know, give it to us because we've got a plan, a great plan. And unfortunately, that is not sustainable in the sense that, you know, some of those assets you know, got sold, and yeah. and and the sad, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, scenario is the fact that these are uh, race courses that we're going to look back at South Africa and think 
G, you know, we need them. Then it's going to be a cost to actually begin yeah. a process of developing those race courses. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all turns out. Pindi Kema um, started out as a, a citrus farmer and then became a horse race breeder and now is trying to revolutionize the horse racing industry. We look forward to watching from here.